Hello, hello. My name is April Malone, and I'm with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today, I have Rochelle Dean with me from Australia. Rochelle, tell us who you are and what you do. Hi, uh, I'm Rochelle, and I am a tech and automations expert and assist women with their online courses as well. And I work from home, and I'm a mom of six. Yeah, so Rochelle and I actually met at a conference for entrepreneurial women. Uh, I think it was in May. Yeah. of last year with um the grace lever and with the with the grace lever <laughs> she would probably like to know that we refer to her that way yeah, the- <laughs> um, she's kind of uh entrepreneurial guru for the um, not only australia but also the u.s and worldwide famous so at this mm. point so we met in a networking session just we were randomized for five minutes and um every five minutes so it's kind of like speed dating and yeah. Rochelle is, comes in and I'm like, okay, what do you do? Like we were all, I, I, I was practicing my elevator pitch for the first time, like trying to formulate because we hadn't even started the, uh, yes, I work from home yet at all. I was just yeah. kind of in the, the thinking stage of it still. And she's like, I help people uh, develop the tech stack. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> I think I need that. Yeah. <laughs> so what does that mean? <laughs> um. Well, it can be confusing because sometimes when people use the word tech, they're actually referring to like the physical assets, like the the monitor and the phone. And and while that comes into play, I actually, when I say tech, I'm referring to the platforms that underpin your business. So like the click funnels and lead pages and acuity scheduling and Gmail, email platforms, that sort of thing. So when it comes to creating a tech stack, um, I'm talking about all the platforms that layer together to get a business running um, as much on autopilot as possible, but to have all of those tasks of your business operating and integrated and speaking to each other. Um, yeah, so that's what I mean by tech stack. <laughs> and when she said that, I was like, oh my goodness, I am trying to start a new thing. You know, I have been working for. Uh, a company for 17 years and I was working for as an independent contractor for companies that already have their platform. And when I'm like, I want to start a thing, but I don't know, you know, what email provider do I want to use or what yeah. website should I use? Um, and I was literally paralyzed with decision, uh, you know, that decision overload yes. and overwhelm and taking four months and like researching, researching, yeah. researching and trying to like, even the podcast thing is like, I want to do podcasts, but how, you know? And yeah. Every single time it came to a different thing, I didn't know, you know, there'd be 40 choices. And so um, Rochelle was kind enough to share her information with me and we kind of kept in touch. And I did end up booking, what do we call that? A technology breakthrough session or something like that? Uh, yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a tech breakthrough session. Yeah. And it was 45 minutes of gold and it just helped me. I was able to say, here's what I know. <laughs> here's what mm-hmm. I think I want. Um, help me help me decide. And um, she was able to tell me about uh, a website that I hadn't even heard of yet called Simplero. And that's actually what I'm hosting my website my website on now, because it not only can host um, like a regular landing page or funnel or like your, your web stuff, but also a course um, mm. similar to Kajabi. And I was trying to decide between the ClickFunnels and the Kajabi and yes, the, you were. all of yeah. the, <laughs> all of the choices. And there's so many, and I was reading all of the comparisons, like, you know, ClickFunnels versus Kajabi versus, you know, Thinkrific mm-hmm. or whatever they're all called. And Think- yeah. What yeah, is it I called? remember that. Thinkific. Thinkific. Yeah. I was just yeah. like completely overwhelmed. So I'm assuming that you deal with that a lot. 
I do. You were very, um, very researched though. And I don't necessarily work with a lot of women that have delved as deeply into the tech as you did, because you were definitely like this versus this, and this does this, and this doesn't do that. Um, so yeah, you definitely took it to a to a level that not as many women that I work with do. They do look at surface things and it tends to be what are the what are the main features and what is the price? Those are the two comparative points that most people come to me on. And things like all-in-ones, the subscriber limit before the price point changes, um, that's another one that stops people in their tracks. Mm. But it's confusing because there are so many choices and you're also thinking if you, if you're not familiar with any of them, really, you're thinking what's going to work for me now versus what's going to work for me in five years time. Am I going to be changing um, really soon because it's not going to grow with my business. So it's or overwhelming. Something so bloated. Like I think yes. that I was being recommended something that was um, infusion soft. Yes. And that is so big and so expensive and I wasn't mm-hmm. really ready for it now or probably not anytime in the near future. And then you have to decide, am I willing to make that switch if I need to upgrade? Yeah. 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 And it's because it is, it is very expensive. Like it is pretty much one of the most expensive um, email marketing automation platforms that you can get. And I mean, it's, it, it's got the nickname Confusion Soft for a reason because it's not um, it's not simple unless you're a super techie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just to sit down and, and navigate your way through creating a campaign within an hour. Like you will have to sit there mm-hmm. for quite a few hours to even work out how to connect a web form with a landing page, let alone build out a campaign and your decision diamonds and the all of the ins and outs of the program. So, and it doesn't yeah. do everything. So you still have to pay for uh, other elements. Yeah. Well, it does have landing it. pages, but the landing pages are not not great. Um, I mean, some people love them, but really, they're not high converting. Um, they're not really optimized aesthetically. They're very basic landing pages. So, yeah, and you do need other other pieces, other platforms to make everything run together smoothly. So I, I never really recommend Infusionsoft for anybody unless they've come <laughs> to me already with Infusionsoft as one of their tech pieces. If they've already paid for a year or they're paying, like right, they've got everything work with it. on that. Yeah, I'll just say stay there for now. Yeah. Um, but it's never, it's not in my top five recommendations for what to use for simplicity. And then you recommended you recommended the thing that you use personally, but no one else has really heard of. So it was a little yeah. bit of a learning curve just to try to like find information, but so yeah. far we're happy. Yeah, I love it. And I still recommend it um, above anything else. So I, I spruik Simplero all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so yeah. Do you consider yourself, like, what kind of title have you given yourself? Like, when you say, I am a, like, are you are you kind of like a VA in helping all these people with their tech? Or are no. you a consultant? Or what do you call yeah, yourself? Yeah, it's definitely, it's consulting. Um, so, I have very levels of services. So, consulting is more of that um, done with you sort of area and Mm -hmm. I do have done for you services for people that are looking for migrations or a course creation or a funnel build um I have the done for you services but as far as a one and done like yeah yeah 
that's it. So as far as people trying to work out what works for their business, how they can automate their business, that is a done with you service and very much a um, consulting sort of um, space. Let's talk about how you got into this. Is this what you aspired to be or did how did you get to this point? Um, definitely had no aspirations of doing this. It wasn't in my goals at all, really. Um, I started working from home when I'd had my sixth child. So just to give some context, I had my first five children very quickly, one after the other. Um, so I had five under seven and then I had a 12 year gap and then we have our little three and a half year old now. So I had been home for the first five when I, when they were all small, I was home. Um, I wasn't even working. I was just a stay at home mum, not just a stay at home mum. I was a stay at home mum. A very um, busy, yeah. <laughs> a very busy mum. Yeah. 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 So definitely not just, um, I was a stay at home mum and I went back to work when my youngest son at that point, my fifth, he was three and a half. So I went back to work at that point. Um, so when we had Noah, I really wasn't keen to go back to full-time work and to have him in, in care. And I didn't want to miss those opportunities to work, uh, to be with him. But by the same token, when you've got six kids, we needed two incomes coming into the house. And also I'm not I'm not just, I can't just sit there and be like, I have to be challenged and stimulated in some regard and I'm kind of a perpetual student and and I was like, what can I do? And one of my close friends had mentioned something about virtual assistants. Her auntie works for the Queensland Conservatorium and they were hiring VAs to do some work. I was like, oh, I could do that. Um, so I kind of did a little bit of research and thought, yep, I could do, I could definitely start this and just kind of got into some like social media marketing and let people know that I, what my skill set was. And I mean, I have, I had been working corporate for 25 years. Okay. You know, the time I was home with the kids and um, very large skill set and definitely around systems and processes and um, platform integrations and IT finance. So I had like quite a, quite a large skill set I knew that I had lots to offer so yeah that's how I got into it initially was just doing some BA work what did you originally go to school for uh psychology (laughs) okay yes yeah look I just um I do like to have little bits and pieces of things that don't tie together for anybody else but in my mind they all work so yeah psychology was my degree um has nothing to do with what I do now. <laughs> yes, I have those um, too. I have two yeah. of those. Well, I, technically, my music degree isn't really serving me very well right now, but the adult education component definitely is. Yes, yes, that would. Yeah, yeah. And but, I'm sure I mean, psychology it's nice comes to have in the background. Yeah, comes in handy too with all the decision making and like understanding why people struggle with things that they do. Yes. And... Yeah. Yeah. So that's how it's all kind of come into play and then I I never intended to stick with the VA sort of thing for any period of time and I really did only sit in that space for about six months and I Mm -hmm. outgrew it very quickly which I knew that I would but it was just a foot in the door from working from home and it gave me an opportunity to build a client base and then I was able to transition most of those clients from VA to um, kind of a not consulting but 
more of a high-end service at that point and bring a VA in um, to do those tasks that I had previously been doing. And so you hired a VA to work for you and do those things? Yes. Yeah. Well, but my clients hired a VA that reported okay. to me. Yeah. So okay. or some did and some didn't. Um, but yeah, some of them, I mean, some of them have stuck. I'm still working with some of them now in a much different space than initially. Um, mm-hmm. And some have just transitioned on, but it's, um, it was, it was good because I really haven't had to go crazy marketing my business. Uh, word of mouth has been probably 80 to 90% of my client base is from referrals mm-hmm. from um, other clients. So, yeah. And things like the networking space where I met you and yes. being and, in like that and, group of women yes, who were entrepreneurs. Huge. Yep, that's huge. And and being in that space, as I work with one person, they will see somebody question something that I could help with and they'll tag me in a post and then I'll I think I've done that for that you. Yes, you have. Yeah. So um yeah, it's that that referral and word of mouth and those networking connections that have um delivered the client base that that I have. So, but I do need to lift my marketing game because um, you can't rely on word of mouth referrals if you really want to scale. So. Right. Yeah. So you're kind of known as an automation queen. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So automation is just about at its simple level, taking you out of the day-to-day and having all of those platforms that you've decided you want to have in your business, talking to each other and doing the bits and pieces that you don't need to be doing. So, simple things like, and I use this as my primary example of automation all the time, but bringing leads into your business through a lead magnet of some description and having that automatically shoot that email with that attachment to the person when they give you their email address and then putting them into an automation based on an email automation based on the actions that they take. So if they purchase a tripwire, then you can nurture them towards your core offer. If they don't purchase a tripwire, you might nurture them towards a discovery call. Um, And that will all happen without you needing to be checking Susie wants this and Tom wants that. It's all happening in the background of your platform. Um, even Can things like booking a, in. Oh, sorry. Can yeah. you explain what a tripwire is for the people who are not the entrepreneurs in this group? We have work from home people in the employee you know, mm-hmm. category as well as entrepreneurs. So they might not all know that terminology. Yeah. So a tripwire, if you're looking at all of your offerings across the scope of your business, and you, you have a free offering at the very beginning and then you have your high point offering at the end and it's kind of a ladder. A tripwire is that small product somewhere between maybe 9 and $49 mark that, and I don't really like the term tripwire because it kind of makes me feel like people are like, tripping over something so it's kind or of just that <laughs> yeah yeah I'm I kind of like to think more of it as their te- that's their first baby step that they've taken towards opening their wallet with you so it's kind okay. of like that small investment that they're willing to make to get to know you more um, so they've downloaded your freebie and you're offering something that's just a ask them to take a little step towards you. There's not a big commitment. Um, They're going to be able to digest what it is that you've sold to them quite easily and there is no um, extra burden on you as the entrepreneur to provide something. So it wouldn't be something like 
um, a call, a paid call with you or okay. access to you. Like those, those little products are really, they're very automated. They're running in the background. Digital. They're passive income. Yep. Yeah. Also so very passive. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, so you may decide that once someone downloads a freebie and you've offered them this paid product, if they don't take you up on that, you have their email address because they've put it into that first page that they've seen about your freebie. You may decide that you really want to speak directly to them about an offer that you've got coming up based on what they've downloaded. And your platforms will be able to hold all that information and allow you to send relevant emails to that person based on the fact that they've just downloaded your freebie, but they haven't taken you up on that small step um, after that. So that would be a different sort of email sequence that you would send to them versus somebody that has purchased that small step because they are warmer. They know more about you. They've already seen what you can deliver and they're more likely to want to purchase from you after that because they've already seen something in action. So you would nurture them differently as well. So there's always some work with setting up automation because you really need to think about what your client's journey is going to be from the time that they, they meet you to what the end goal of that is um, and all of the steps and streets and pathways you want to take them on through that journey. But once you've set it up, it's done and there is no fuss and there is no concern and thought. If it's just, if there's forethought there, you've done the hard work and then you can just sit back and you don't have to worry about that going forward. You have to write the original content of those emails and you have to write the content of the, the, the lead magnet or the freebie Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. also that next um, load ticket offer, I think is what I usually heard offered or called, um, which those are all things that are still coming for me in my business so far. I have the podcast and we're starting mm-hmm. here to try to like build the community, but I am, yeah. you know, following those steps as well. You just don't want to be sleazy and slimy about it. And that's the thing. You just want your heart to come through as like, I genuinely want to help people. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where I get kind of hung up sometimes. Again, I yeah. think that decision-making stuff can also be kind of a form of procrastination. Um, I just yeah. need to keep learning and deciding and thinking and writing and not actually doing it. So Yeah, I think it's hard too when there's so many people that are offering templates for like templates for your email nurture and templates for this and that because none of this really is a one-size-fits-all. And that's, (laughs) I suppose, that's how I approach things is that it's why I take the time to have the sessions with people to talk about what works best for them because um, I think Grace is fantastic but I don't ascribe to the you should use this and you should use this and you should write this and you should so I'm more of a let's look at what the flow should be of a landing page or the flow should be of an email but write the copy that is actually communicating your message to your audience um right or the format like the yeah general structure of this email is really working well but obviously whatever I'm you know working with is very different from what you're working with and so Mm -hmm. the words can't match they can't be no No, no. So that, yeah, I think if you get too hung up on making what you have look like somebody else's, then you become bogged down in Mm -hmm. uncertainty and that competition mode. And yeah, you really just conflicted. And I just don't recommend that. 
or people who have been around the block and have, you know, been marketed to by multiple people. And then you see all the, like, I've attended quite a few webinars. And then I was mm -hmm. like, oh, they are all following the exact same script. Yeah. Oh, they're going to first say, you know, this and this and this. And the reason you can trust me is because of this. And then I had this moment where, you know, it all came together. And then, um, you know, and it's like, literally, they're following a script and they just change the names. Mm. And as soon as I could hear that script, I just would be like, nah, no, thank yeah, you. Dis disengage. <laughs> the original. Yeah, because it's, yeah. That's the thing. It, it's not authentic and it's not resonating the way that you want it to because, I mean, if you're really targeting your audience, you know what their pain points are, you know what their struggles are, you know how they're feeling right before they're about to buy a product from you. And most of the time we are or have been in the past our ideal audience, particularly for me, like, my ideal audience is women in business that are struggling with the manualness of their business and the confusion around what they should use in their business or how to build a sales funnel that's going to deliver or how to build an online course that's going to get students into it. So I have been there and I know how I felt before I found the solutions so that's what I speak to. And if I'm going to use a copy or like a cut and paste template from somebody else, it's not telling my story. It's not It's not meeting the target of my audience. It's not saying I understand that you're here because that person hasn't got my story. So, yeah, flows and, and like a framework is good, but definitely not a copy and paste attitude when it comes to business in general, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. How long have you been doing this uh, consulting and um, automation done for you, done with you business? Um, two and a half years now. So I did six months, uh, actually closer to nine months of straight just VA work. Mm -hmm. um, and then I did a three, three, four month transition across. And then for yeah the last two years, I've been very much in the space of consulting and the done for you um, work, which I really enjoy. But I mean, there isn't a huge amount of scalability with that because it requires me to be in there doing it. But the, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I really, I do love setting tech up and yeah, helping. Do you have a few, um, do you have a few VAs working under you helping you with that too now? I have one at the moment and I'm literally just in recruitment of my second. Um, oh, I have been okay. this, have been this week. So yeah. Yeah. So I have a, I have a V a friend who is my, who is a VA for a number of my clients that helps with um, blogging and social media and things like that. She doesn't do anything in my business. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, yeah, I'm recruiting a VA to assist me in my business and predominantly in kind of being my sidekick for Simplero because I, because I bring so many people across to Simplero, I really want somebody on board that's going to be able to jump in and do those email sequences and tweak a landing page, um, stuff that I don't really have the time to right. be doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, when we've talked in the past, you've mentioned a few times that you have certain days that you work mm. in your business and a few days that you mm -hmm. work on your business. Do you want to talk yeah. about that? Yes. So this has been a kind of a journey for me to get to this point um, because when I first started my VA business, I actually only worked two days as a VA and three days in 
my nine to five um, because I went back to work after my maternity leave finished with Noah. I went back to work for four months um, as I built my VA business up. So I worked two days as a VA and three days in my quality assurance position that I was in. Um, So I gradually started to drop a day in my nine to five grind and pick up a day in my VA business until I got to the point that I was working six months, uh, I'm sorry, five days a week in my VA business and not in my corporate. And that took me about six months to get to that point. After I did that, I had some systems in place. I wanted to kind of reverse that framework and move it down to where I wasn't working five days a week in my business and not working on my business for growth. So I gradually reduced it down to working three days a week in my business. So working for clients and two days that I work on strategy for my business, um, on my own growth um, strategies and working with, um, I've got a partner that I kind of an accountability buddy and we meet up on Thursdays to talk about the different products that we're releasing and kind of keep each other on track as far as our timeframes and deadlines. So, yeah. Do you do that in Um, person? No, because she's in another state. (laughs) So we do it um, via Zoom um, and it's usually about 90 minutes. We just really brainstorm and we're kind of building things parallel to each other. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and she, she is a client of mine. So I do oh, all wow. of her tech work. But so I'm very much in the mix of what she's got happening because I know that whatever she decides that she wants to release, I'm going to build that for her. Um, so <laughs> you have a there's a lot there. of, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of strategy in that. So we build parallel to each other. Um, and also, so I work for clients Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, Fridays are the days that I work on my business. They're also my self-care days. So um, I take time to go horse riding um, once a week and I do that on Thursdays. I might go and have a massage. Um, I might go and sit in the salt caves with a book or just go for a walk or go and have a coffee, that sort of thing. So it's really just kind of what do I feel like doing today? Did you just say salt caves? Yeah. Tell us again where you are. I just said Australia. Tell us where you are in Australia. Uh, I'm in Queensland, but the salt caves is actually like, um, it's a simulated salt cave. So you go into this, it's like a therapeutic business. So you go in there and and it's all set up like a salt cave and it's got the benefits of of like, I don't know how all the mechanics of how it works or the chemical reactions, but it's beautiful. (laughs) So it's like (laughs) dim lighting, but enough that you can read. You can have a massage in there. yeah, so that that sort of thing. So I just take the time for myself because it's just life is so busy. I don't think it doesn't matter if you've got six kids or one child, if you've got work and competing priorities, it's just crazy busy. So if you don't take the time for self-care, if you're not looking after yourself, you can't look after anybody or anything else. So yeah, I really do I and I got to the point that I prioritized that time for myself and I don't I don't compromise on that. That's a, that's just a line in the sand for me and I've made that very clear to clients um, and it, it has been a process. I still have some clients that reach out to me on Thursdays and Fridays in a panic about things but and I very gracefully say, I'm sorry, I can't assist you with that today. I will come back to you on Monday when I'm back at my desk. Um, mm. If you really need it attended to today, maybe you can contact 
somebody else, like give them some examples of who, because I just have to keep that line very firm um, just for myself, just for my own wow. benefit, my own well-being. So, yeah. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're almost a little bit like an employee, like just doing the job. And Thursday and Friday, you were like thinking big picture. Yes. This is where I'm going to grow next. And yes. this is how I'm going. And then also com- um, complementing that with some of your self-care. Yes. So, yes. so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I am the I am the employee. And Thursday, Friday, I'm the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Yes. Got it. Yeah. So how many hours a, a week are you working? About 21. It's not yeah. too many. No. It's not very many at all. No. And no. so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, how many how many hours are you working on those days? Um, about six hours of work on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then Thursday and Friday, yeah, I don't do a huge amount of work. And I don't even really consider it to be work. So if I actually mm-hmm. looked at all of the aspects of what I'm doing, it could be more than that. It might be 25, 26. But, mm-hmm. I mean, there's some aspects of things that I do that I actually love and would do it even if I wasn't working. Like even if it wasn't part of my business. So those perpetual right. student things like teaching myself how to create digital planners and that sort of thing. Like I love that right. sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um That's when your hobby and your and your work kind yeah. of meld. Yeah. And I suppose my brain is always kind of flicking over potential scenarios of things that could happen and bits I could increase, like areas I could increase my growth and revenue and my business all the time. But yeah, the time that I actually put into action um, is not, yeah, there's not a lot of time that I have to do that. Got it. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about your transition from that job um, where you were doing the, you said quality assurance, I think, yeah. yes. to the VA. Did you have to have a conversation with them to be like, hey, uh, I want yeah. to cut back my hours? Like, how did that go? I know... Um, a lot of people are making the switch maybe uh, mm. unexpectedly and you did this mm-hmm. very intentionally. How yes. did that work for yeah. you? So I suppose I was in a really fortunate position that my supervisor, she and I had formed a really good friendship over time and she is actually one of my two best friends now. Mm-hmm. Not at the time she employed me. We didn't know each other. But um, she was actually one of the two people that I had the conversation with about. So my other best friend was the one that said, oh, my auntie has a VA and she also worked for the same company. So the three of us were very close. And so I said to Jess, who was my boss, okay, I'm going to become a VA. And she's like, you can't just say that you're going to become a VA. This is over coffee. I said, yeah, I am. And I'm, I'm not coming back to work for very long. So I had the ability just to have that very casual conversation with her. And then I went to her and said, look, I only want to work three days a week. Um, I'm not interested in full-time work anymore. So she did accommodate that. I know there's lots of people that don't have that the benefit of that, that they don't have that flexibility um, with their employers. And I have worked with people that have been in the same situation. So they're trying to build their business on Saturdays and Sundays because they're working corporate yep. Monday through Friday yep. or they're, they're up like from 11 o'clock till 3, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. doing mm-hmm. the work to grow their business. And I really feel for them because even working the three days for somebody else and the two days for myself, 
there's ne- it never feels like there's enough time and you can never switch one off from the other. Like you're always thinking about your business, your own business when you're trying to grow it in that startup phase is so overwhelming. And then you've still got to make sure that you're diligent and on board and on like on point for your employer as well. So um, plus your family, if you have a family, like oh, absolutely, yeah, I mean that, yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's so hard to fit all of those competing priorities in um, all the time. Even just working for yourself with a family or working for an employer with your family—that's just some days crazy, crazy work. So mm-hmm. yeah, adding that second second stream of income in and trying to build a business. Um, so I just kind of. I was just very open um, with Jess and then she actually ended up going on maternity leave herself not long after I came back from maternity leave and someone else came in and took over for her while she was on maternity leave and it was during that period of time that there was a new person in there that I actually left altogether but I just decreased my time through a through a negotiation period. It was like, can I cut back to two and a half days a week here? then can I cut back to two days a week? And once I had worked my way down to I was there for one day a week, I really had to weigh up why am I still there? Like one day a week, I'm really not getting anything done. I may as well be using that one day a week at home in my own business. So it just got to the point that I was like, well, I really appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate how flexible you've been with me, but I'm actually going to go to my own business and commit myself to that full time. Wow. I know a lot of people hang on to a job because of the benefits that they may get. And I don't know very much about the benefits system in in Australia compared to how we have it in the U.S. When I was working a a part-time job, um, I was doing a 50-50 one time uh, for five years with a job share partner. And so we both had, we were both working, they'd say 50% or 0.5. Full-time equivalent. Yeah. FTE. FTE, yes. Yeah. Goodness gracious. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. eventually, I was able to bump that back up once I started doing the transcription to, I think it was 0.73. I think I needed to have like over 70% in mm-hmm. order to qualify for the full-time benefits. It might have even had to be like 7 point, I want to say 7 point, uh, 7, sorry, 73%, yeah. something like that. I had to work essentially... 33 hours a week, whatever that would yeah. equivalent be. Um, man, I am struggling with words. So I'd have to work That's about right. 33 hours a week to be able to qualify for the full-time benefits. Mm-hmm. And We don't. Uh, I know was, you guys have medical and dental or something sometimes with your employers. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. We don't do that. We don't have yeah. that here. I mean, I suppose maybe there is some places that give their employees access to private healthcare coverage for things, but we, as a general rule, we don't do that. That's not. We have our leave entitlement. No, we have our leave entitlements. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're a part time or a full time employee, you have the benefit of accruing annual and personal leave. Right. Um, if you're a casual employee, you don't get those benefits, but you're actually okay. paid a higher hourly rate, which oh, is right. inclusive of those. Hour. Okay. So you get an extra 17.5% on your hourly rate as a casual employee. And that's supposed to combat the fact that you're not getting paid annual leave or sick so personal leave. So when you leave. take a vacation, it's just unpaid? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So um, they're, they're pretty much un- – we have our superannuation, which I, is it four, four, one, 
okay. What's your super called? Your something four hundred one k. Yeah. So as we just have that, I think it's at nine and a half percent is put into our super fund. Um, yeah. So it is. It is different. If you're sticking around in Australia, it's not going to be for any major benefits unless you're with a massive company like a a huge brand here in Australia mm. that may give you access to a gym or access to some private health care. But as a general rule, we don't the benefits are you get paid to do your job and you get some annual leave and sick leave if you're part time or full time. Right. Yeah. That's a big deal breaker for a lot of people. I was planning on keeping my job for forever because I was the one that was carrying the health benefits for our family. Mm-hmm. And uh, when my husband actually was offered his full-time position at his company that he's at now, he got benefits. And his are a little bit more expensive than mine were, but then they ended up shutting down most of my department. And so a lot of this left. And in the in the process, I had to work more hours to kind of compensate for that money that I lost. But uh, yeah, my, my new job was more fun. So <laughs> yeah. it all panned out. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely, I mean, we've got Medicare over here. Which I don't know what the equivalent is over there. Do you even we have, have one an equivalent here too? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you either, if you don't have private health, you use your Medicare to yep. cover the costs of healthcare, surgery, that sort of thing, and you pay right. a small gap, or you okay. pay a premium for um, private health, and that's everything's covered depending on your policy. So it wasn't going to be a big change for you either whether or not you were working for yourself or for someone else not at all no so the only the only change was really the income stability i mean you know if you if you're in a salarized position you're getting x amount of dollars every week Mm -hmm. when you're working for yourself it really depends on bringing those leads in and converting them to clients and how long Mm -hmm. can you keep somebody on board for in your business so they may commit to three months but then they may leave after three months so you've always got that fluctuation in coming income coming in versus expenses going out which is different I suppose to the consistency of a salarized position now you mentioned that you had stayed home while your first five were a little 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 and yeah. I'm assuming you were on like a one income family during those years yeah yeah which was well, hard but I suppose my husband and I were so young when we had the first five and uh-huh. we really just we didn't live above our means or um, not saying we do now either, but we just, mm-hmm. it was very casual and they were little. And I mean, this is going back. I mean, my eldest is just about to turn 22. So it is actually like quite a while back that this, this is before every child was basically born with a device in their hands. There was oh, yes. no need to have <laughs> like all these iPads and iPhones oh, yeah. and Xboxes and all of that stuff that, they all seem to come with now in a bag. So um, <laughs> I'm one of 10 kids, so I uh, did not grow up with many luxuries. Yeah. Well, I'm one of two and neither did I. Completely different <laughs> time. So yeah, I think it was it was more simple back then. And um, as, as they got older and there were school fees associated with the um, cost of living and, yeah, you just more – the electricity is more expensive because there's more people using things all the time right. and – so as as they've gotten older, the cost of living has increased and the cost of living has increased anyway just right. from where we are in society right now. So it got to the point that I needed to work um, to have just a little bit more disposable 
income um, so that we weren't living so tightly like paycheck to paycheck every week, Mm -hmm. which is what we were doing with a family of seven on one income. Um, When you were doing your quality assurance, was that like on site, like in a building, in an office? Quality assurance as far as, um, so not product quality assurance, like system um, governance quality assurance. So I did the uh, policies and procedures and governance for not-for-profit organizations to help them get accreditation and auditing. Oh, so, yeah, okay. on, on, on site there, um, like within the job that I left was actually for a not-for-profit legal and advocacy firm. So they had two different streams of income, there's funding streams. And so I just made sure that they were always compliant with all the expectations of their funding. So that was yeah, in the office. So talk about how you built your home office. Uh, and initially it was literally just one little desk and one, um, iMac, like an older style <laughs> iMac. Yep. And that was all, all I had. So an internet connection an iMac and a desk and a chair mm-hmm. in, in the rumpus room of, um, our house here. And it wasn't, and there was really no space anywhere else to, for me to be. Which, I mean, there still isn't, which is why I'm in my bedroom. You said <laughs> because, rumpus room, right? Does that mean yeah. like the high traffic, like family area where everyone comes all day long? Well, it, it was kind of like that. But I think um, before I started my business, no one seemed to use that space. <laughs> I was like, well, perfect. It. It's actually a really big room. And I was like, well, I'm just going to take one little corner of it. But as soon as I started my business and I was there, it kind of became the congregation section for everybody in the house. I would be down there. <laughs> um, so then I moved to another area of the house off the side to our like main lounge room because no one was there anymore. They were all in the rumpus room. And then once I moved up there, they all came up there. So I was like, I've moved into the bedroom so I can lock the door. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where you and are I now, right? Yeah, so I do have quite a quite a different setup now. But when I first kicked off, it was literally just a desk, an iMac, and a chair. Yeah. Are you sitting in that chair for the majority of those 21, 25 hours a week? Yeah. Uh, is, it a, is it a good chair? It is a good chair. Um, I don't always sit here. So I do have, um, I do sometimes lie on the bed. And I, I always have some noise happening and I just other people don't understand how I'm able to do that but I think because I have so many kids and there's always so much noise that I'm overwhelmed by silence Um, I'm actually not productive when it's quiet I need noise happening so this is the one that I'm on at the moment is my my main iMac and I have another one to my right hand side and that typically has streaming services going on it so Netflix is playing or or something (laughs) so it's always like happening or if I'm lying on the bed on the TV up on the wall I will have something going on or I'll have a podcast or music or something Mm -hmm. like that um but sometimes I'll take my laptop and I'll go and sit out in like the breakfast bar and and work out there or I'll go and sit out on the veranda and and work or I'll head down to a park um but predominantly I'm in this chair most of the time but you can take your laptop and everything that you mm. need is there and you can go if you need to yeah yeah so I'm, I'm a major mac fan like i i literally have mac everything apple everything mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the beauty of that is that everything talks to each other so if i take my Isn't ipad 
it's got everything there. Or if I pick up my MacBook, mm-hmm. I'm just picking up, like I just click from the iMac screen to my Apple, uh, MacBook and I've got what I'm working on comes across. So, yeah, it's just means that I can move where I am. Um, we do, I do go away quite a bit. Um, like my best friends live about an hour and a half away and I might go away for a couple of days to visit them and I'll just take my stuff with me or I'll shoot down to New South Wales to visit my sister and I take my stuff with me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So definitely that's one of the huge benefits of automating your business is that you can be very nomadic with your business. So you're not like pinned down to having to use a platform on a particular device at a particular time. You can yeah. just work from wherever, whenever. Um, it really gives you so much more freedom and versatility with how you operate your business. What kind of challenges do you run into, though, with that, like, internet connection versus, like, having to schedule meetings? Are you trying to, like, schedule meetings with people in other time zones and stuff? Like, what are some of the things that are frustrating in your business? Um, internet is always an issue um, because it's different depending on who your provider is and whereabouts in the country you are and how close to a tower you are and mm-hmm. what the weather's like. So that mm-hmm. that can be a problem. And also it's a problem just in the house because – the kids come home from school at 3 p.m. and the bandwidth just shrinks because there's so many right. people on the internet doing stuff. So yeah. everybody experiences that sort of thing. Um, as far as scheduling, <laughs> I time, make my kids. I make my kids watch old DVDs. Like right now, we're oh, streaming. Um, so I'd say you can't watch Netflix right now. You need to watch DVDs, and they know. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I wish my kids would do that. And they're, they're not even. It's not that they're watching TV. They're on like xbox or something like that right we're doing homework maybe oh occasionally (laughs) i wish that was i wish that was the reason why it was low um as far as scheduling times with people outside of australia it it is a problem because i do have quite a few clients that are in the uk and in the states um but i made a conscious decision when i started automating my business that I was scheduling my time and if people wanted to work with me they would have to find a time in my time because I didn't want to be negotiating my boundaries with other people and it's it's been like I can meet with you between these times here's my scheduling tool grab a time that suits um if you can't find a time that suits feel free to email me and I'll come back to you with responses that way but they're kind of how I have to make hard lines in order for me to function in my business. And the only time that I have been flexible really around that has been when I've been dealing with Simplero. Um, so if I'm using concierge hours inside of Simplero, um, I have to meet their scheduling time. So right. um, that's always fun <laughs> because it's like 3.30 or 4.30 in the morning for me that I'm oh, talking oh to them. I still yeah. have a few concierge hours I can use with Simplero. So basically, do you want to describe what that means? What what are concierge hours? Yeah. So if you purchase an annual um, plan with Simplero, either the middle tier or the top tier, you get some concierge hours. So five hours for the middle tier, 10 hours for the top tier. And those concierge hours can essentially be used for anything. And what they are is the Simplero team is actually doing stuff for you inside of your Simplero. So you could say, I need a landing page built and they will jump in and build that landing page for you. Or I need a product set up and they'll jump in and set that up or an email sequence or something like that. Mm -hmm. So um, you are getting 
be people working mm-hmm. on your business for you um, as an extra little benefit of paying for an annual membership, which you're at, you're getting discounted anyway. It's actually cheaper to pay for an annual membership than it is to pay for a monthly. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes people just don't have the funds to outlay the whole 12 months in advance. Right. So I yeah. did. Um I did do that and I still have a few left and we were able to like conserve them. Like we were like, mm-hmm. we're, I have a, a virtual assistant too. And so I was like, we're going to try to figure out as much as we can using their, their tutorials and their help, yeah. you know, sheets and everything. And then as soon as we get stuck, then we're going to schedule something. And when we did, it was wonderful. Like that two hours yeah. is golden. Um, but we still have eight more. And so yeah. um, they will expire in about a uh, two or three weeks. So I better use them quickly. Mm, um, yeah. But um, there are certain things that they can do for you. Like they can build a quiz funnel for you, except yes. for that takes 10 hours. And so you have to yeah. be like, well, you know, you can pay, you know, individually per hour after mm-hmm. that, or I could pay Rochelle. Yeah. To, to, yeah. So or you I can, can pay choose. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I do a lot of work with, I work very closely with concierge now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, I, I actually had a call with the CEO of Simplero last week. Um, so I think it's the fact that I've had a lot of dealings with different people within the organization that has kind of brought my name up quite regularly that he reached out to have a chat with me. Yeah. Well, he actually did talk to me about whether or not I would be interested in working with them to rebrand and to do training, like training for the community. If I would record videos and teach people in the community. I was like, yeah, that works for me. Um, hint, hint, pay me some money. Three <laughs> <laughs> o'clock so, in the morning, not so much. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, it was a full. It was a full thirty meeting, so it was pretty early. Um, yeah, so I, if I have a client that is migrating to Simplero and they decide to use to pay annually and get the benefit of the concierge hours, I quote a migration cost. So all of the different components that need to be done to bring somebody from one platform to another or to set them up fresh on Simplero if they're not coming from anywhere, if they're in a startup mode. Um, and then I liaise with concierge and I liaise with, excuse me, with my client on how best to use those concierge hours towards that migration, um, whether or not they want to have someone reserved for training down the track or they want to just use those 10 hours or five hours up in the migration process and then I do the rest. Mm-hmm which works really well. So I keep in, I I have meetings with concierge and I'm the one that's in people's base camp talking to concierge about what needs to be done and deadlines and things like that. And yeah, they, they don't really talk to concierge. I do all the talking for them. Wow. That's wonderful. So I know that you generally work with uh, female entrepreneurs or all Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs. Female. Yeah. I do have a couple of males that have, um, come into my business via one of my funnels and it's always interesting to me because I think my messaging is quite feminine um like my messaging yeah definitely definitely resonates with females more than it does males but if someone like I've had a couple of men that have come to me to have their courses created because it was actually Mm. the the process that they resonated with not necessarily the graphics or the aesthetics of my site or my pages Mm -hmm. um so I have recently just readjusted my branding. So it's kind of not as feminine. It's kind of got different colors now. It's not it's not as, yeah, not as pink <laughs> as it was before. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but my, my target audience is female coaches and consultants. Um, and typically they seem to come to me inside of a health and wellness space. I mean, I don't 
I don't go out to market for that space. And I am quite broad as far as a female coach and consultant. I, I work with mm-hmm. female coaches and consultants, but I do find that I have a lot that are in some health wellness, like a therapeutic counseling, yoga. Yeah. In, in those sorts of spaces. They just um, gravitate to, toward you. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And because I, like I said um, earlier, a lot of it is word of mouth. So um, I might work with an energetic healer and she like, works with three or four other people in her community and she refers them to me. So I think that's how I built my client base in that area is because so many people have brought other people to me. But I do do a lot of work with women like business coaches and like in that very um, firm business growth area, um, helping other people grow their businesses. So, yeah. So as far as my audience, I think that we're going to be pretty much evenly split between the people who are employees and the people who are, you know, on their own entrepreneurs, freelancers, Mm -hmm. independent contractors and stuff. Do you Mm -hmm. have any uh, thing that you offer that might be applicable to both sides? Yes. So it depends on where people are in their business journey. So if they're just at a startup phase, so they're ready to work from home and they're wanting to know what platforms they should use, then my strategy sessions work really well in that in that space. Um, mm-hmm. But it also crosses over quite well to people that are in established businesses because they may not be using the best tech or the best platforms to support ah. their business in the long term. So I can decision speak to makers people about. More? Sorry, the decision makers though, like like when I was in um, the healthcare setting, I didn't get to choose. Yeah, um, I, I have done some consults with um, business owners of, I suppose, small businesses. They maybe have 15 to 20 staff mm-hmm. um, looking at the all-in-one platforms or ways to build their course, like their training for internal training for their staff and platforms to use for that. Um, so, but I, I very, I very much work with people that are either like solopreneurs or they may have two or three maximum staff that they're working with. So they are the decision makers in that, Mm -hmm. in that space. Um, not so much the employees within somebody else's business because yeah, you really don't get a lot of say (laughs) in what you can make suggestions, but, um, yeah. So I know that you are getting ready to launch some stuff. Do you want to tell mm-hmm. the audience what that is or what you're doing? Uh, I'm, I'm in launch for two things at once and they kind of are working together because one feeds into the other. Um, so I'm la- launching a membership which is um, called the Automation Success Lab and essentially it's just uh, it's monthly automation training. So really um detailed implementation because I find that that's where so many people come unstuck. They've got the strategy, they know what they need to do, but they have no idea how to do it. So something, if someone says to you, you need to build a webinar funnel or you need to build a quiz funnel as a great lead generation tool, the concept is brilliant, but how do I implement it? What tech do I need? What are the steps? What needs to integrate? How do I test it? So the membership is really going to have a project every month of something that I know can be applied across multiple platforms, something that I know is a is a um, injection of profit or an injection of time, things that are going to push the needle um, 
very quickly in your business. So those are the sorts of things that I'm delivering on a month-to-month basis. Uh, there will be live trainings and Q&As where people can say, how do I apply that concept in the platforms that I'm using myself? Um, and there's also a resource library of tutorials on different platforms. So how to integrate Stripe with ClickFunnels or with Simplero or with Kajabi. Um, how do I build a landing page? How do I connect active campaign to click funnels or active campaign to lead pages? That sort of thing. So just simple, really quick tech videos to show you how to do A, B, and C. Um, and I'm also in the process of creating a course around creating courses <laughs> because uh, that's something that so many women want and probably men as well because I have a couple of men that have come in want to create an online course as a uh, means of passive income in the business which has become so relevant during COVID when people have had to really pivot their business from that face-to-face touch point to delivering something online and not hitting the ceiling um, mm-hmm. only so many hours in a week and yeah you're limited with that so Are you going to be teaching it specifically for like your preferred platform of Simplero or that would be applicable across whatever platform people choose to buy? Uh, It will be applicable across. So the concepts of how to build a course are the same regardless of the platform you're using and the actual implementation is fairly similar across platforms. I mean, obviously I can't cover how to do everything inside of one platform versus something else, Um, but Things like outlining your course and creating your modules and creating your lessons and dripping that content, there is a similarity in most platforms that I've dealt with and I have dealt with a lot of platforms. So, yeah. And and if someone needed help, they could come to you for the help. Absolutely. Yeah. So I do have done-for-you course creation services and I have strategy sessions where you can talk about how do I drip content in Thinkific? How do I create a landing page in Thinkific or a checkout option in Thinkific? Um, I use Thinkific because a lot of people have actually come to me with problems with Thinkific because it just, there are some really good um, aspects of it, but some other parts of it just seem really limited. So yeah. And I mean, there's limitations with every platform. Um, and you're yeah. pretty familiar with most of the major hitters, like the yes. big hitters, right? Yes, yeah. Kajabi, definitely. Think of it, the, the click Teachable, ClickFunnels, yeah. Infusionsoft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Simplero. Simplero. Always Simplero. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you want to share with people as far as like final words, advice, uh, something that you've learned that might be helpful to people who are just getting started in working from home? or thinking Uh, about starting a new business? I constantly hear this myth that unless you're making lots of money, unless you have a client base, that it's too early to automate. And I want to say emphatically that is not the case at all. You should start automating your business when you start your business. So there's no point spending time back and forth scheduling appointments with people or sending out a lead magnet manually Um, or emailing people about an offer manually, you just, you absolutely shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be posting in social media manually all the time or Mm. sending out mass emails manually all the time. So the time to start automating is when you have chosen the platforms that you're going to use or you want to choose the platforms that you're going to use. You want to see what will work to get your automations started. Um, As soon as you can 
as soon as you have some money to do that, and there's always an investment when you start your business, and you want to go for the option that's going to give you the best return of investment, which is why I advocate so heavily for Simplero because it's priced so well and it does everything you need it to do. You don't need web hosting. You don't need email marketing separately. You don't need a platform for your online courses and membership sites. Um, it does if everything for you. I could set it up, I set up most of it by myself. If I could set it up, most people could. Yeah, absolutely. And it is easy to navigate. And if you have problems with navigating that platform, there are so many resources available to you. Like there's so much there. They have a great community on Facebook. They've got great tutorial videos. You can reach out to put a support ticket in. And even if you don't have concierge hours, they will give you excellent response. Even if right. you, you don't have that bank of time up, they will tell yeah. you how to send an email or how to change yes. a setting in your system. So the mm-hmm. customer service is unparalleled in my opinion. Or they're at least help direct you to the the, the free resources that they have as far yes. as like all the tutorial videos and things. Or yeah, if they're absolutely. outdated, they even have a place that you can you know submit all of your recommendations for upgrades. Yes. And they take them yep. seriously. Yeah, yeah, very seriously. And they're always making improvements. I mean, I you would probably see this too, that more often when you log in than not, there is something has come up and they're letting you know what they've improved. And mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love to read all of those things like this has been added and it's because they're really listening to their community. And when I spoke to Calvin last week, he really made a point of saying we want our customers to drive this business forward Um, and they are listening. So ask the questions, make the recommendations and they're listening to that and building from that. I think the team is, as far as I can tell, they're all remote too. Like I think that Calvin makes his videos in his living room and all the people yeah, that I've he, talked to or done video calls or Zooms or whatever with, they're all like in their homes. Yep, they and I don't are. think they're it's just COVID. I think, it, I think that's just how it is. They've got the guy yeah. down in, uh, oh my goodness, in South America. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a girl here in Australia that uh, looks after the Australian-based um, inquiries. So you're getting responses at times that suit mm-hmm. Australian time zones. Um, yep. They have obviously quite a heavy Dutch audience because yeah. there's a lot of basis over there so they have people that are over there um yeah so and they the they too, are so. i mean calvin started that business out as just a tiny um payment processing center and added really? things to it as people wanted ask for things he added email marketing to it he added landing pages to it so as people have said oh, you should do this. You should think about adding this because this is what the big players are doing. He's done it gradually, but he's done it with a, it's not sleazy, slimy, salesy, mm-hmm. which is what I love about it. When, mm-hmm. when you compare it against some of the big players that are all spammy sales all the time, like you should do this and you should do that. And this is right. the only way you're going to make up six figures. And, and I don't, I don't love that. It sets unrealistic mm-hmm. expectations for people and, yeah, sometimes I find that the the places, the businesses that are a little bit quieter, they're getting the attention with a whisper rather than a roar. Um, mm, yeah. Those are the ones that I move towards more because I'm kind of like that. Like I'm not, I don't love being in front of people. Like I'm not, yeah, I'm not a stand up on stage sort of person. Um, this sort of thing is pushing my comfort zone because I don't like to be in front of people. Thank but, you for um, coming today. That's okay. Um, so I just naturally gravitate towards people that have a similar mindset to me. Like things right. can be done without having to wave a flag and be in front of people's faces all the time. 
So, right. yeah. One thing that I noticed with Simplero and especially like Calvin, the the owner or the founder, they're yeah. very interested in mindset and being yes. intentional and being, you know, yes. heart centric people and things like that. And I do, I, you feel that come through. Every person yeah. you talk to is very empathetic and caring. And, and that's Calvin's genuine. background. Yeah. So yeah. He, he's actually, his background is around like very spirituality based mm. and like mindset function. And every right. course or pl- program that he runs, he has a mindset module at the beginning, like how to yeah. ground yourself. And um, mm-hmm. which is the reason why their support tickets, sometimes they have a meditation attached to their support ticket. Oh, so like really? while you're waiting for our response, listen to this meditation um so for people that are very heart-centered or soul-driven sort of entrepreneurs that are working really from that heart space Mm -hmm. Simplero just fits the bill because that's where they're coming that's the basis of their business so they're coming from that place well this is all coming from the lady who's tried it all (laughs) and um it's where you've set it's where you've settled yeah and I I never recommend something that I don't love um and that I don't use or haven't used in the past and I still recommend things that I don't use so I recommend active campaign if someone asks me for what or um standalone email platform I'll recommend active campaign um I don't use it myself anymore but I know it's great and when I was using all of the different standalone platforms and integrating them together active campaign is what I used so mm-hmm. I do recommend that. And I do recommend You've ClickFunnels if you're looking for a landing page builder that's a standalone and you can afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do recommend it. But I I won't back a platform that I don't love that I know isn't giving people the best bang for their buck. I mean, there's some big name platforms that a lot of people are using that I just do not enjoy using at all. Um, yes. We won't and mention you names. Talk to but- me- you kind of talked yeah. me down from yeah. from the one I was. I mean, it's like it's their marketing, or you know, there's another big guru who's like really pushing this really, really heavily. That's the thing, yeah, that's the thing, and it is the gurus of the world, the Amy Porterfields and the Jenna Kuchers, and depending on what space you're in, they're mm-hmm. using these platforms, and so, well, they're seemingly using these platforms because let me tell you, yeah. that's not always the case. <laughs> um, they're heavily customized. Is, yes, yes, built from the ground up. Um, that is getting people across the line, but the functionality is just not there or they're having to layer this platform, this all-in-one platform with something else to make it function the way it needs to function Mm. or they have to pay for an advanced automations module, which essentially is just out-of-the-box automations for all the other all-in-one platforms. So you've got to look into the... What what is what's being delivered to you for the price that you're paying versus right. another platform that might be a little bit more, but you're actually getting more for right. just a smidge difference. Yeah. Well, if someone wanted to have a conversation with you and kind of talk through all of these things, like I did with that breakthrough session, mm-hmm. tech breakthrough, yes. I think it was. Yeah, tech. How yeah, can people find you? Session. Is there is there like a, a freebie that you um, send people to, and then they can get your information, or how do you do that? Yeah, I have a couple of freebies, but the one that would be best for people if they're looking to automate their businesses is I have an ultimate guide, um, ultimate automation tools guide. So it's just kind of a wrap up of my top five tools for automation. Um, Spoiler alert, Simplero is in there. (laughs) 
but it's just it goes over like which are my recommended tools for landing pages and scheduling and email marketing and social media because those are the big four that I find that people are challenged by when they first start Um, and those are the aspects of their business that they want to take control of first so making the things that are that are making the money Um, so from there you, you can book in for a tech um, breakthrough session or a strategy session um, to discuss what you've got, if it's working for you, should you change, do you want someone to set it up for you, um, do you want someone to partly set it up for you. So, yeah, and that's on my my website. Um, I think it's right at the top of my website. I've only just rebuilt my website. So, yeah, I think it's at, towards the top of my website. Rochelle Deem, R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E. D E E M dot com. I'm trying to dot com. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> My mouse has been like intermittently working. So right when I oh, has it, it didn't, it didn't. Yeah. Just now. Just now. I can, I can send you the link anyway and you can drop it below. Yes. And your you're the one that turned notes. me on. I think you turned me on to acuity scheduling and I've really yes. liked that. So we'll put yes. the links for those things. Um, there are, um, some partnerships or referral type things in there. Um, so whether or not you work with Rochelle or if you get that link for me, someone's probably going to enjoy a benefit of, of telling you about it. Yeah. But I really appreciate knowing that you have tried them all. Like that's, yes, it really means a lot, you know, getting advice for someone who literally has worked and continues to work in the other yeah. platforms. And I do, I do note other platforms in my guide, but if there's an affiliate link in there, it's only because of the fact that I stand behind the platform. Um, so if I've noted something and there's no affiliate link, it's not because that that platform doesn't have an affiliate program. It's just because I don't back it confidently enough to refer people to it. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I, affiliate marketing has its place, but I am definitely all about being authentic and I'm only going to refer you to something if I know that it works and it's, and it has to function the way it says. It has to be priced really well. And the customer service has to meet um, a standard for me. They have mm. to be responsive. They have to be willing to help and go over and above and beyond what you expect um, in order for me to give it a star rating. And, yeah, so if, the, if there's a referral link, it's because I think the platform's brilliant. And even if it's not Simplero, there's, there are some great platforms out there that are standalone. Um well, we are over well over an hour, so we should probably yeah. say goodbye. <laughs> but thank you for taking the time with me. And like, My pleasure. Like you mentioned, I know you're not really like into the spotlight, but appreciate this because this could be really helpful information for people who, especially, are just getting so. started, especially on their yes. own business. And yes, I don't want other people to feel like they are paralyzed with that decision overwhelm, like I mm. was for for four months or whatever. It's not. It's not. It's not a good place to be in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Rochelle. I'm going to say this is April with Yes, I Work From Home, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.